I think that companionship component, that um, intimacy component, that escapism, you know, tenet of what a relationship could be for somebody, especially in grad school, is what's desired and wanted. Um, And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I think it's just it has to be with the right person who can have that balance. Hi, everyone. Thanks for checking into the Grad Girl Wellness Podcast, a space designed to inspire and highlight the stories of women of color in graduate school who are prioritizing their overall health and wellness while pursuing higher education. My name is Angela, and I'm your host. Let's get started. So hi, Christina, how are you doing today? I am doing great, Angela. I'm so happy to be here with you today to talk about all things. Very excited. Yes, ma'am. People were really excited to talk about breakups in grad school. I got lots of DMs, lots of messages. So I think this is going to be a a hot topic for folks and definitely a conversation starter. Yeah, it's, you know, thinking back on my seven years, it them breakups, man, they, they were a tough one. So I'm, I'm ready to talk. I'm ready to talk. Awesome. And I, I have thoughts too. So just so that we're all on the same page, could you tell us a little bit about yourself um, when you graduated and what you studied? Yeah. So I am a metropolitan Seattle area native and I've lived in the DMV for those folks who don't know DMV stands for District of Columbia, Maryland, Virginia, kind of metropolitan region. Um, I've been in the DMV for the last seven years, finishing up my PhD in American studies. Um, I actually just graduated in May, so that was very exciting. Um, And I was at the University of Maryland College Park. Oh, awesome. So congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations to you too. (laughs) Thank you. We made it. Thank you, Lori. So because this is the Grad Girl Wellness Podcast, I always kind of like to ask people about what their experiences were with uh, self-care during grad school. Yeah, so my self-care practices really had had to evolve from undergrad. I think for undergrad, it was like, you know, oh, I want to go to the bar and I want to, you know, just spend time with friends. And that was great for undergrad. And I think I had to be a little bit more intentional with my wellness and like with my self-care practices in grad school. So I really um, found the necessity to start therapy. So that's a big portion of my wellness. Um, I really have implemented a stronger regimen in terms of like my physical health. So I try to do some sort of physical activity for I'm going to say at least four or five days out of the week, if not more. Right. Um, I recently quick plug for you recently have done the grad girl wellness walking jogging challenge. Yes. I think (laughs) I have like two more miles that I need to finish before the end of the month. Um, you know, so little things like that, right. Uh, we don't necessarily feel like we have the time to do a lot of things, but if, you don't feel like you have the time, then you don't have the opportunity to pour into yourself. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, making sure that I still call home to talk to my parents, you know, I still am able to ground myself in different practices. Like I do really well with being near water. So every semester I try to go towards the beach, um, or the Maryland coast, Delaware, 
New, New Jersey, anywhere over there in the coast. So I can like just be near the ocean and like replenish myself. Right. So there's different ways, but I think wellness has definitely played an instrumental part in me persisting through school. Awesome. I love this idea of like changing your space, right. And changing your environment and knowing what type of environment speaks to you the most. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, even during COVID, like I had to realize that the way that my room was even set up, like my, my physical space wellness, I don't even know if that's a thing, but my physical space wellness, like even had to change. Right. So I got into my, you know, HGTV bag and like redecorated and moved things around and got a desk and this done the third. So like, there's different things that I, I had to realize that were to be more conducive to not even my productivity, but just my overall being. Mm-hmm. No, that, that's that's super important. One of the things that you mentioned as part of your like wellness practice was reaching out to family members, and that made me think about the importance of relationships and community um, mm-hmm. as part of our wellness regimen. And be it as though this conversation, this podcast episode is all about relationships, I was mm-hmm. uh, wondering if you could talk a little bit then about uh, the place of like romantic relationships in your life as a graduate student. Yeah. Oh, wow. So my therapist, shout out to her. (laughs) She and I have really worked hard on um, understanding what place romantic relationships um, are in my life. So I think probably my earlier years of grad school, I was very resistant to the idea of succumbing to being like a traditional graduate student, right? So like in my eyes, the traditional grad student was all about grad school. They're reading all the time. They didn't go out, you know, they said no to things. And so I was like, oh, I do not want to be like that. Like I want to have a life outside of grad school. And so part of that life was romantic relationships. So um, one of my first relationships, I got here in August of 2015 by October, like I had met my then boyfriend and then by December we were in a relationship. I was like, oh, this is great. You know, like I have my person, this is fantastic. And I have always been a relationship oriented person, right? I am not a big fan of getting a whole bunch of WID type of texts. And then I'm copy and pasting different responses to each person. Like I like having my one person, we check in, we talk, da, da, da. I love quality time, right? Um, and I really used romantic relationships at the beginning of my grad school experience as kind of like an escape, right? So I needed to get away. I need. I didn't want to talk about school. I didn't want to talk about theory. I didn't want to talk about coursework or even teaching. I was like, that's over here. My romantic relationships are over here. And that is how I wanted to kind of compartmentalize these different areas of life. Um, Since my first years of school, again, my therapist and I have been working on kind of reprioritizing um, things in my life, right? And so uh, dissertation, because I had reached this milestone, needed to be on a higher platform, right? A higher priority than romantic relationships. So I kind of put them put a romantic relationships, not on the back burner per se, um, but probably within the last year, year and a half, that was not something that I was like, oh my gosh, this is something I need, right? I needed to finish. (laughs) That's what I needed to do. Um, 
but that's not to say I didn't date. Right. And, um, I've had different relationships since that, you know, my first boyfriend, when I first came here, um, and yeah, I just, I, I do think that they're important in grad school. They're very complicated though. Very, very complicated. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a lot, a lot there. And I think something that stuck out to me was this idea that um, your need and your priorities can change throughout grad school. I think because your program, well, your program was seven, mine was eight, right? So like we're growing as people, right? And the right. things that, how we understand ourselves change. Right. And I think like I became an adult while I was in oh, grad absolutely. school. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. Like in certain ways, I think that I have become an adult, right? Like I didn't have to go ahead and budget when I was an undergrad. I was just, you know, everyone was poor, right? Everyone was a broke, a broke undergrad type of thing, right? Um, growing, I had to very much mature in myself in, in certain aspects, but in other aspects, I'm like, oh, wow, I can't wait till I get my big girl job. Like, that's what, that's what I call, you know, my job that I'm entering into come Monday. I'm like, oh, I'm excited for my big girl job. Like, I can't wait to be an adult because in some ways I do feel like I've missed out on a lot of things because it was on the back burner, right? And and dating is is part of that. Um, because I was, you know, I joked with my friends, I was like, you know, I defended on May 3rd and my slot time or whatever was from 3 to 5 p.m. I said, all right, bet at 501, I'm ready. Like I'm getting in the streets, like I'm gonna date, I'm gonna go here and do this and do that, right? Um but it, in some ways, I still feel like I'm learning about dating, like, and learning about myself in a romantic relationship, because it was difficult to try to fully give yourself um, to somebody when you have something so large as a dissertation or a thesis for master students, like looming over you. Like it, it creates such a, at least for me, it created such a level of anxiety that I couldn't be fully present some of the times that I would be on dates or being with a partner or whatever that may look like. Right. Um, and especially if you're dating another graduate student, girl, that's a whole nother level. That's a whole nother level of like, yeah. So, yeah, no, I wouldn't, I, in my experience, I'd never dated anyone who was in grad school. Right. Like, (laughs) and it's like you were saying, I wanted that escape. I wanted an opportunity to, to think differently, to not feel like I was, you know, on stage and like someone's asking me about marks or that I had to perform a certain way. I just wanted to be me. That was it. Right. Right. And in some ways, I think dating another graduate student it was a beautiful thing, right? Because they understood the level of commitment that you were putting forth for this program, right? Sometimes when you're dating someone who's in, um, not in grad school, they don't understand that I have to be in the library from nine to nine. Like this is, this is, this is part of my writing schedule or, you know, Hey, I can't come to bed. Like, you know, my peak, for me, my peak productivity levels are at nighttime. Like I'm a night owl. I will stay up till two, three in the morning and I start writing at nine, you know, like that's my time, but that's typically the time when most people want to go to sleep. So 
how, how does one adjust? Right. And so dating someone who is in grad school, that was a perk, right? You know, I remember we would like study together before we would like actually go on our dates. Like, and it was great. We would talk about our different courses and things we're reading very like intellectual, like, Ooh, wow, you're so smart. Right. On the other hand, it was challenging because at the, the person who I was dating, we were at um, also different levels, right? So like I was farther along in my program than he was. And so that was also a challenge, right? Um, because he was just so excited and I had been in it for six, seven years and I'm sitting here like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Like I didn't want to kill his hat. I didn't want to kill his joy. You know, he's just so excited. He's like absorbing all of this information. And I'm just sitting here like, okay. Like I, I supported him and I was excited for him. Right. I just knew that there would be some bumps and bruises along the way that, um, again, I didn't want to, I didn't want to kill his vibe. So it, on it, on one hand, it's fantastic. On the other hand, Mm, right. And then their schedule competes with your schedule. Right. And that's difficult too. It, it's, it's a lot. I think the jury is still out for me in terms of dating other graduate students, but at this present time, I'm going to say no, <laughs> I'm going to say no. Listen, you live and you learn, right? Like, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So like you kind of hit on one of my questions, which was like, what are the specificities of dating while in grad school and you mentioned like knowing our peak productivity levels you mentioned like having our brain just being occupied by like the thesis or or, or the dissertation and I don't think other people understand that like Mm -hmm. I think that in some instances people they clock in they clock out right absolutely yeah yeah but that is completely like not an option for us and I think about now that I'm done with the dissertation I'm like wow like my mind was preoccupied by one thing for two years, if not longer. And mm-hmm. I don't think that many people understand what that's like. It's really hard. It is really hard. You know, it's, I think also one thing, especially about um, being a, a, at least a black woman in um, a PhD program is that at least in the DMV, I'll say this, and the DMV I think is also a, a, a special place in terms of it's very transactional, right? It's very much like, uh, your first first question out the mouth is, what's your name? Second question is, what do you do? I've right? heard that. <laughs> Very much so, right? So I'm asked all the time, like, oh, what do you do? I was like, oh, I'm a PhD student, then candidate. I'm a PhD student. I'm a PhD candidate. You know, I have my assistantship in in the Career Center, which is where I work at the at the Maryland Career Center. Um, and it is sometimes and often I'll say oftentimes a level of intimidation like I want to challenge you and um, I remember I had went on a date fun story I went on a date with this guy and he was actually a MBA and MSW like joint student at a local HBCU here in the DMV and I'm thinking like, oh, yes, like this is so exciting. He's in grad school, too. Again, he's in grad school, too. Um, he'll understand, you know, he has that MSW component. So he has kind of an understanding about 
uh, racial competency, things like that, right? Because he works with clients. And this man literally berated me and was like, black women aren't oppressed. Um, Y'all have it better than black men. Um, You know, there's no such thing as male privilege, blah, 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 right? So I'm sitting just like you, Angela, with my hand over my mouth. And I'm sitting here like, hmm, that's really crazy you say that because I just told you my research interests are black women. So I said, okay, so maybe let's talk about in which arena are you talking about that black women have it better than black men, right? Um, well, in all it's it, it's in all arenas, Christina. Like healthcare, education, housing, jobs, pay. What are we talking about here? Well, let's let's talk about school in in, in K through twelve. Black girls are they're going they're going to college more. Okay, thank you so much for sharing that fun fact. So, but also black girls are disciplined more in schools than black boys. Have you read Monique Morris? I said, here's the book. I had the book on my shelf. I said, here's the book. I don't need to read that. That's an opinion. Would you like to see some citations? I love a good citation. <laughs> I'm a researcher. I love a good citation. Um, I don't need to see that. I, I just, I don't need, I don't need to see that. I'll send you some sources. Okay, send me some sources because I would love to know the credibility and legitimacy of said source. So he sends me some hoopla that was not credible. We'll just say that. And um, he was just determined to like beat me down, to, to argue me, to let me know that I don't know anything about one, my own being, and also a population in which I study and am a part of. So it's it's been very interesting. Um, Dating, I think oftentimes there is that challenge uh, being put forth by people who you may date. And I'm, I'm only speaking from someone who is in, who's only been in heterosexual relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, I am unsure of what it may be within those who are within the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, there's multiple challenges. I think dating as a graduate student, um, within, even within a particular region or area. I don't know how it is in, in New York, but. It's not much better. (laughs) (laughs) It is a lot. It's a lot to handle. It's a lot to handle. So. Wow. mm -hmm. Well, I'm, I'm sorry that happened to you. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's ridiculous. And so, but I agree with you. I think sometimes people see like, oh, they're a student, like, we can, we can spar, right? Like we can intellectually right. spar. But the, mm-hmm. I, also, I also had an experience though, where, you know, I say I'm, I'm a PhD, I was a PhD like student at the time. And it was kind of like infantilized. Like they took it as like, oh, you're still a student. Like you're not grown yes. up enough. So yes. it's like, you can't win. <laughs> you really can't. And, and that's the thing. I think, honestly, it takes a very special person, right? A very special person to go ahead and and date a graduate student. Um, I mean, I know some people who are in beautiful, loving, healthy relationships, right? Um, One of my really, really good girlfriends, she got married during grad school. 
couple couple of them got married during grad school. And I just big snaps to you, sis, because ain't no way, like the way that it is going right now. And I would always be the perpetually like single friend. So they would always come to me for all the stories, all of my like craziness. Because when I tell you, when I tell you some of the things that I have just caught myself in, I just literally sit here thinking, how did we get here? How did we get here? And yet I got to go, I got to pack it up. So, um, yeah, dating as a grad student, it's, it's very interesting. Very, very interesting. Indeed. But somehow <laughs> we still put ourselves through We still do it, Angela. <laughs> we still do it. And that is the part that is crazy to me. But I think it's because, like, again, I said I'm a very relational person. Um, but that's in all aspects of my life, right? I, I very much value the relationships that I have because I, I tell my community this all the time, like y'all are the ones who helped me get through this whole process. Um, but I think there are those times where you just want that one person, like you want the companionship, right? I don't think it's really even about sex per se. I think it's really more so about the intimacy component, right? Sometimes all I need is a hug. That's it. That's it. Like all I want is just a hug from someone who cares about me, who cares about my well-being, who cares about the work that I do. And um, you know, it's tough when you don't have that and all you have are the books behind my shoulder, my MacBook, and maybe an occasional scroll on Instagram. That's all you got to keep you. Um, and so I think that companionship component, that, um, intimacy component, that escapism, you know, tenant of what a relationship could be for somebody, especially in grad school is what's desired and wanted. Um, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I think it's, just it has to be with the right person who can have that balance. I completely agree with you. I'm just thinking about how isolating and lonely academia um, can be and like wanting that intimacy, right? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's my story. But so you did manage though to enter into a relationship while you were in grad school. Could you tell us just a little bit about like maybe a little how you met, the duration of it, and then what may have yeah. precipitated the breakup? Yeah, yeah. So I, I would say I had two primary relationships during grad school. Um, one at the very beginning, which I, I told you about. Um, and that was, uh, I was like, oh my gosh, I love this man. Like, this is just the apple of my eye, right? Um, I think that was the first time where I realized that I didn't necessarily need to date someone who was also in grad school um, because he had a completely different field than I. He was in finance um, and he had his bachelor's and I was like, oh, okay, you know, like as and, and that's where I kind of got my whole spirit of as long as you can teach me something, too. Right. Um, so we had met here in D.C. He then had to move away for a job because again, DC is very transient. 
he had to move away for a job and we were long distance for about a year and a half. And that was really kind of the reason why we had broken up because it just got to be too much. Um, I will say that it was very helpful that I was a graduate student because me being a student gave me the flexibility to go see him. Um, now, did I have the funds <laughs> to go see him? That's a completely <laughs> different story. Not really, you know, we were scraping, scraping things by, you know. Um, but at the time, I think that relationship taught me a lot. It was, it was really kind of like, I think that was my second relation, major relationship that I had had. Um, and man, that man, he just showed me so much. Like he, he felt very cultured. He was a, he was a lovely person. Um, there were some hiccups that I was just like, mm, okay, you know, where you have kind of like your flag, you're kind of waving it, but not too hard. Um, and then I think my second relationship was also with the other graduate student. And that happened probably about like two years ago. Um, and we had met through social media, actually. Um, and what that was, it was just fun. It was just a fun relationship, right? Um, again, he was starting his PhD program. Um, so like I said, we were just in different stages, right? So um, I was gearing up to, at, at the time that I was meeting him, I was doing data collection. Yeah, I was doing data collection and he was getting prepared to start in that August for school. Um, and it, yeah, it was just a fun experience. Like, I think there were a lot of things that I really appreciated about his person, right? Um, I think also it got to be very difficult because I felt as though there was a lot of like clashing in terms of where we wanted the relationship to go, right? And so one of the things that um, I had to ask, or I, I felt like I needed to ask. Now, do I think in hindsight, the way I asked was probably the best way? Mm, I don't know about that. But uh, essentially I asked, I was like, what's your capacity to care for me? Like, mm. I, I need to know because right now I know you're stressed. I haven't seen you stressed, right? And the way that I am experiencing your stress is something that's not pleasant to me, right? And so we're both in places of our life that we're doing a lot, right? I'm in doing data collection. I'm working this job and doing this on the third. You're doing X, Y, and Z over here, preparing for your PhD program. And I don't know where I fit in your life. That's, that's really the, that's really where I was trying to come from. I don't know where I fit, right? I want to feel integrated into your space, into your life. And right now I feel like an add-on and that's, that's not okay for me. That doesn't feel good to me. Um, now how that was communicated, I'm saying this after multiple sessions of therapy, right? But how I said it, I was like, so what's up, right? Like, what, what are we doing? Um, this and the third. And so, um, yeah, that, and that ended up not working out. Um, you know, and I, I think I am cordial with them, with both of them. Um, you know, if I see them or talk to them or whatever, we're okay. No bad blood. 
Um, but yeah, I think those are probably my two major relationships that I've had in grad school. I think both of them have been, um, instrumental in time in terms of my understanding of what it means to date and how I need to show up in a dating relationship. Uh, because I used to, <clears throat> excuse me, I used to very much go on these dates and be like, Oh, that's my boyfriend. Like I love him. Right. <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. So again, um, if, if y'all have not had the opportunity to access therapy, I would highly suggest to do that as you are trying to think about conceptualize and understand what it means to date in grad school. Cause otherwise everyone would be my husband at this point. Mm-hmm. Listen, I've been, I had to learn the, I, now I, I refer to it as just like A to B to C. Like I can't yeah. drop, I was at, I started oh. at A, I was at W, you know? Oh like, girl. I was at w. <laughs> I was leapfrogging. Okay. I said, Oh, I went on this date. It was great. Like, let me create my little, you know, my little, uh, board on Pinterest or whatever for the wet. Like I was ready. I was so excited because again, I've always just loved love. Like I love relationships. My parents, they've been together, um, for 29 years. Right. Um, my grandparents have been together until my grandmother died. You know, they've been together for decades, right? I've seen really, at least from my perspective, really uh, strong relationships, right? Um, and even those who have separated in my family or divorced in my family, they have found new partners. And that seems beautiful, right? So it's like, I really value a relationship. Like I very much hold it very near and dear to me and hold it in high regard. Now in that high regard, that was lifted and then dissertation fell to the wayside. So I had to, again, reevaluate my priorities to say, you know what, Christina, dating can, it will always be there. In terms of dissertation and getting done and graduating, you need to do that this spring. So this has to wait, this, this has to wait, this has to wait. The men's will always be there. Unfortunately, they will always be there. Um, so, yeah. I, this, this is speaking to me. Um, so I'm curious about, and it, it seems like that would be helpful then, like this prioritization would be helpful in the aftermath or like in the time of a breakup, right? Because then you can just put things into perspective and say like, hey, like, I'm feeling these feelings, but I have this like imminent deadline that, right. that is approaching. So I'm curious, like, how did you manage the ending of a relationship while being in grad school? Like, what did that look like in practice? And what were you feeling? Uh, oh, it was so hard. It was so hard. Um, when I tell you I was distraught for both breakups, um, so my first breakup, uh, when I, when I, um, had met him, when I first got here, we broke up and I will never forget it. That happened in January of 2018. Um, at the end of January, begin, right. I think it had to have been January 31st. My dad had a heart attack. Um, at the end of like March, April, one of my sorority sisters like unexpectedly passed away. 
the end of that year, my grandmother passed away. So it was 2018 was probably like the worst year of my life. And, um, I remember I had reached out to him about my dad, um, because he had come back to Seattle with me. Like he met my whole family. It was, I was like, okay, we're on a great path, blah, blah, blah. Um, I reached out to him about my dad and he didn't respond. He texted back like a couple of days. He's like, oh, sorry. Like I was busy. And at that point I was like, you know what? I can't emotionally depend on you anymore. And that was actually my mistake. Like I will own that. That was my mistake. Right. Um, and even with the second relationship, there were things again, that I was like, you know what I can own. And I accept that that was my, my portion of this dynamic. Um, but with both of those relationships, I went through a very heavy grieving process because I not only was grieving someone who was a staunch supporter of me, right. And who loved me from what I understood, who loved me. I also was grieving the future that I had imagined with this person. Um, and so oftentimes at least again, for black women in PhD programs, I hear often, right. The higher, up you go in your education level, the less likely you're going to find a partner and get married and all this stuff. Right. So I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to be alone. I'm never going to find nobody. Right. And really kind of catastrophizing what my therapist says, catastrophizing a situation in which I feel like no one will love me. I will not find anybody, you know, I'm going to be by myself. Um, so, you know, I, I really had to depend on my community of girlfriends to help pick me up. Um, I was over here calling my Nana to have her pray for me. You know, like it was, it was just a lot. It was a lot. And I think to have somebody who you were talking to every day, right. Exchanging memes and pictures and like tidbits about their day and this, that, and the third, talking to them for hours on FaceTime, um, to have that sudden like withdrawal, mm -hmm. it's very hard. It's very, very hard, right? So I had to fill that time with other things that poured back into me, right? So I think even during those breakup times, that's where like that wellness part portion kicked in, right? So me breaking up with the first relationship, that kicked in my whole fitness routine, right? I was like, you know what? Like, it first started off with me trying to get this whole revenge body type thing going on. I had, I realized I was very toxic and we just had to reevaluate and kind of reframe what fitness meant to me, right? Became something that I really enjoyed and I loved and I felt strong and I felt empowered, right? Um, you know, the, after the second breakup, I was like, you know what? I need to go ahead and just take time off of social media. Like, I really don't need to see this person. I don't need to interact with this person. We have mutual people. And I had to tell that person, I was like, mm, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I want to be like clued in to this person's life. Like this, this isn't something that I, I necessarily want to do. Right. I had to, I had to um, kind of kick in that. What's that saying? Out of sight, out of mind type of thing for me to 
comprehend that thought of um, this person is no longer in my life the way that I had wanted them to be, the way that I envisioned them to be. And that's hard. That's really, really, really hard. I had to give myself grace because, I mean, even now I think about those relationships and I'm like, man, like, I really hope that they're well. I hope that they're doing great. You know, I wonder what it would have been like had we stayed together. Um, but then I also think like, I would not be the woman that I am right now had I been stayed in those relationships, right? My friendships, my familial relationships, those would not be where they are right now had I stayed in that relationship because I did devote a lot of time, energy, resources to these two relationships. So it's breaking up during grad school, zero out of 10. I do not recommend. <laughs> what, do, what do they say? Tomato, tomato, boo, tomatoes. Like it's not, it's not fun. It is not fun. And then you feel like you don't even have time to do that grieving process because you have a dissertation looking at you right there. It's tough. It's tough. We don't get time. We don't feel like we have the luxury of time to heal. We kind of just have to keep going. Um, and that will then matriculate into other things later on down the road if you don't try to address that breakup. And that's tough too, because then you get in situations where you say, how did I get here? <laughs> how did I get here? So um, it's, it's really hard. Breakups are really hard during grad school. You know, I cried and cried and cried. Sometimes I would go to work crying. I was teaching at the time of my, my first relationship cried then I was like class is missed like y'all you got it have a good day are you okay Miss Sessoms no I'm not I'm sad you know but just feeling those feelings really did help you know letting that wave come over me but not necessarily sitting in that wave acknowledging it saying hey I am feeling sad right now I don't have to brush it off like I'm good it's nothing. It is what it is. Because when you do that, you're not acknowledging like the pain and the hurt and the frustration and the like deep sadness and even the rage, right? Like rage, I think is a part of a breakup too. Like how dare he, how dare he go ahead and break up when I did all of this for this person? Like, right. So breakups, mm, 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 mm. Mm -mm -mm. No. Yeah, no, I've, I, I've been there. I think for me, I've had like two uh, breakups in grad school. One was like during grant writing season. So I Ooh. needed to get this money for field yeah. work. And then yeah. the other one was like right before I deposited my dissertation or right before I turned in a draft. Mm -hmm. So it was one of those, it was kind of like yeah. <laughs> yeah. first possible times. Mm -hmm. And I, I really like, I appreciate that you talk about grief, right? Like grief isn't just about like the loss of a, a loved one, like a death, right? right. Um, my therapist talks about breakups as like ambiguous deaths, right? This person's Ooh. still in the city. They're still here. Yeah. I imagine Down the, street. Down the street. Yeah. It's hard. It's really hard because um, the person, and I'll even speak to this, the person for my second relationship, the major second relationship, um, 
he's on my campus. Like we go to the same school. And I had to walk past his academic building all the time. And so I, the level of anxiety that I would feel when I would walk past the building, right, to get to my, to the parking lot where I had my parking spot assigned was so high at certain points, right? So high. And I would be like, so what am I going to say if I see him? What am I going to, how am I going to react? Well, ooh, like, I hope I look cute today, but well, why are you worried about looking cute? We're like, y'all are not dating anymore. Right. Um, and it got to the point where I felt my anxiety getting so high that I would avoid the whole building, which meant that I was walking an extra 0.25 miles. (laughs) Yes. Okay. I was going around and down and over and up the hill and over. It was a mess. And how I know is because my Apple watch would be like, are we walking right now? Like (laughs) it's a workout, (laughs) you know? So it was, it was crazy, but the ambiguous, you said ambiguous death. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so true. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Especially when you are in the same space, you, you could potentially share the same space. Um, my first relationship, we share same friend group, like, you know, he, he currently, um, is in another state, but he'll pop up. I'd be like, oh, hi, you know, like, how are you? How's life? Um, but when you have your lives kind of connected or tied together in some way, and then you break up, that connection doesn't leave. Like that space doesn't change. Their friend group may or may not change, right? Um, oof, yeah. Mm-hmm. That ambiguous. That's a good one. Shout out to your therapist. <laughs> Shout out. That, she she made it make sense because it, it felt like death. You know, I've ex- oh, yeah. I've experienced like actual death in grad well in undergrad as well in grad school, right? And it mm-hmm. felt similar to that. And so, yeah, yeah. you go through the stages of grief, right? Like you get angry, then you're in oh, denial, yeah. then the anger comes back, and then you're mm-hmm. like, what, what what's going on? But I still have to turn to this dissertation, right? Um, right. Yep. So yeah, wow. Yeah. Well, on on that note, Christina, um, <laughs> I feel like we could do a whole another episode on this. Um, I appreciate though that like when you talked about the breakups, you kind of then talked about how you lean in, back into your wellness practices or like more intently or intensely leaned into the other wellness practices that you had um, in your life. And I think that's absolutely like important. And that's why it's not just about relationships. There's all these other facets of wellness, um, that we can, can lean into and that we have at our disposal um, Mm -hmm. that I want to emphasize for folks. Um, so with that said, I would like to move us to the lightning rounds. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. And this is where you just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Don't think about it too hard. Okay. Um, And so the first question is, what are three words you can use to describe dating in graduate school? Oh, complicated. Um, I will say non-universal. And um, imaginative. Mm, I like Mm. that. I like that. We can create what we want. Um, What are two invaluable resources that have helped you in your wellness journey um, during graduate school? 
Yeah. So for sure, therapy. Um, I did find my therapist through Therapy for Black Girls. Um, so that's a fantastic resource. I think also one invaluable resource that um, I have used during grad school is really social media, but in terms of curating, like the social media that I need, right? So I felt like I needed to reorganize my timeline to make it conducive to the healing process. Like if I were to break up or make it conducive to how to have healthy relationships. So I would follow not necessarily like life coaches, which I think is a you know very valuable career, um, but really like licensed professionals um, who would provide content and how to communicate effectively, right? Attachment styles. Um, uh, if you have a disagreement, this is how you could work this out, right? Different prompts on how to uh, tell someone what your needs are. Cause I think I have a, I have a difficult time with telling someone like, Hey, I need you to show up for me. Right. Because I don't want to be too much of a problem. So I think social media, different pages that I followed, um, and as well as therapy have been definitely invaluable for me. Awesome. I love to hear it. Um, and lastly, you've given us a lot of like real advice, like real reflections, and I appreciate that. Um, I was wondering if you could leave us with one piece of advice, um, yeah. particularly for grad students who might be going through a breakup right now. Yeah, so um, I would always say the traditional, like give yourself grace. I think that's a, a kind of a universal statement that anyone can say. I think for myself, I mean, my dissertation particularly looks at joy and how we can use that as a persistence mechanism, right? So with that being said, always make time for your joy, right? Center yourself at this moment. When you're going through a breakup, it may feel like you are by yourself, right? And you have no one to lean on. Um, and you may not have that one person, but I guarantee you, you have others, right? Who can go ahead and really support you and love on you and give you those hugs that you may be needing, right? We talked about hugs earlier um, and center yourself in that wellness and center your, those, the things that really bring you a level of peace and happiness and joy um, in all things of your mind, body, and spirit. That, that would probably be my, my, biggest piece of advice is like center your joy, make time for it, right? Whether that be 15 minutes, 30 minutes, the whole day, you do that, right? And it could be something as small as lighting a new candle to going for a walk because you're part of the wellness challenge to, you know, calling your favorite auntie and having a good kiki session, you know, it could really range, but do whatever you need to do. Um, no matter big, how, no matter how small or big. I, I love that phrase, center, center your joy, no matter how big or how small. Oh. So with that, Christina, thank you for being here. Thank you for, for sharing yeah. with us. Um, if folks wanted to follow up with you, what's a good way to connect with you? Yeah, so you can always see me on Instagram. So it's C Sessoms, S-E-S-S-O-M-S three. Um, 
it's not like a academic page. It's just me living my life, you know, just relaxing and chilling, being here in DC. Um, you also can find me on LinkedIn. I would love to connect with y'all on LinkedIn, Christina Sassums. Um, and if y'all just want to go ahead and talk, we can go ahead and put something together and chat it up. I love talking to new people and meeting new people. So hopefully y'all are doing good out there. Listening. Awesome. And on that note, thank you for being here. This is another great episode of the Grago Wellness Podcast. Thank you. That's all I have for you on this episode. I hope that you heard something that inspires you along your wellness journey. And if so, share it with a friend. Until next time, take care.